Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Cleveland Pulse podcast. Thank you for tuning in here for episode five. Um, today we're going to be talking about the Cleveland Indians. We were actually going to do this um, episode last week, but me and Justin decided that it would be better to, you know, wait a week, let the Indians get a get a full series underneath their belt, uh, playing the Kansas City Royals in a three-game set this weekend. And then we decided we were going to do it this week just to have a little bit more, you know, physical content to talk about um, with MLB being the first major sports uh, organization to restart and actually play meaningful games. Um, we obviously know that the NBA is playing scrimmages right now, but MLB is, is playing for real and the Indians have uh, three games under their belt and there's a lot to dive in here. Justin, how was your weekend? Oh, it was good. It's good to have sports back and be able to actually sit down and watch something that's happening in real time. So I'm glad that, you know, like you said, the NBA is back and the MLB has started to play their um, actual season games. So, and I'm, I'm glad that we, we waited. Obviously, we tried to do this podcast. Um, we, we recorded one version of it that was like a kind of like a preview, um, some technical difficulties, unfortunately. But I think honestly going forward that this is going to be a better kind of podcast for it i think that being able to um kind of talk about the games that have happened and the other subjects that we have on hand will be uh beneficial for us waiting till now so yeah i'm ready i'm good yeah most definitely and and with, under normal circumstances i think a lot of podcast formulas are definitely you know one episode a week or try to stay on a strict schedule which you know we come out, you know, on Monday, Monday uh, evening, so to say. So, I mean, we record them on Sundays and they come out on Monday. But, you know, we decided that with everything going on and sports, you know, somewhat being in a lull for a couple months there, that it just made more sense for us to, you know, take it one step at a time and really wait for uh, content to come out. So with that being said, I think we're going to really dive into the first topic, which um, we've we've already seen a, a little bit of it. I mean, three games is three games in a regular MLB season is, is really nothing. I mean, that's only one series. You could, you know, you could afford to to lose that series in a in a full length season. You could afford to lose, you know, two games. You could even afford to get swept, especially on the early the early onset of the season. But with this sixty games, that you know that it's going to be a marathon, not a sprint. That's what you know all the all the color commentators have been calling it, and it's true. I mean, it's going to be the team who plays the best, basically in the earliest part of what be what would be a regular season. So, I mean, it's it's interesting how the pitchers are going to be used, how players are going to be shuffled in and out of the lineup. Which me and Justin were actually talking about uh, prior to starting the recording is that there has been a decent bit of you know variety from Terry Francona, which it's going to be interesting to see, and I think maybe some MLB fans really don't know how to feel about it, um, especially with, you know, the Indians going into extra innings uh, yesterday, which we'll get into that later on. But, Justin, how are you feeling about this, you know, marathon-type format? Yeah, and like you said, we were kind of talking about it before the the start of this podcast, and I mentioned that, you know, the Indians, they play their first 17 games in the first 17 days of the season, and so... Um, you know, you it's really going to be a marathon, and to see how Terry goes about having all these pitchers go and how many he's going to pitch. I mean, we've already seen ten pitchers in three games, and so you got to really wonder, like, all right, well, how how are we going to continue to go with this for the next you know fourteen games? So I'm interested to see how that goes, and I'm interested to see how the batting. Um, for certain players goes obviously uh, with three games already in the bag you know a couple of notes I mean Francisco Lindor only hit his first uh, run today so you know that's kind of he was kind of in the slump for the first two games so it'll be interesting to see how these guys you know pick it up and get back into the swing of you know competition and getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, it's definitely going to be the most unique season of baseball ever. Um, I think we could probably say that about, you know, a bunch of other sports. I mean, definitely basketball. Um, hopefully the NFL is pretty close to normal, minus the fans. But I don't think it's that – it's definitely probably different, a lot different for the players. Um, I don't really think watching on TV is that big of a difference without the fans. 
Um, it definitely looked weird opening day because usually that would be a sold out crowd, but it's, it's like something that we're going to get used to and in, in kind of this, this new normal. So, I mean, the one thing you did highlight on is pitching. And if, you know, if you haven't really been following the Indians or, or keeping up to date with, you know, the Cleveland sports knowledge, uh, during this time, I mean, it's, it's apparent that we did lose Corey Kluber. Um, he was, he was our ace for a while, but in the offseason, you know, we, we traded him off to the Texas Rangers. He actually, I think he made a start yesterday, and I think they had to take him out in the first inning because, I don't know, he had elbows. Something was up with his elbow, so that's not that's not good to hear, you know, for, as, a, as a Corey Kluber fan, which I'll always be regardless of what team he's on. But, I mean, that it happened, you know, that it was on our team, I guess, is, is a positive way to look at that. Um, we didn't really get a whole lot in exchange for him considering the player we got um, was suspended for the whole season in its entirety this year. Justin, what was your thought on that trade? Yeah, I mean, you look at it now and you might be thinking, well, it kind of evens out for both sides for this unique season. And obviously, um, you don't want what happened to Corey. I think he threw 16 pitches is what I saw, and they had to take him out and they don't know his status. Um, another pitcher, just a side note, that just I just got a Bleacher Report about is uh, Verlander. He's out for the rest of the season. Really? Yeah, so he's already, I mean, talk about, you know, taking a hit to your um, pitching staff and what that could mean for a team. And obviously, Kluber, had he had been on our team, that would have been a serious, uh, a serious hit. But, yeah, I think... Obviously, if if we had done this um, podcast and when we talked about the podcast uh, recording that we did and we had that topic, I, you know, I was like, oh, I think obviously um, losing Kluber is going to be a hard, hard knock, especially going into this season when you need as many um, as many pitchers as you can. Sorry, right. um, but obviously, like we said. Um, for this season, a lot of things are going to come into play, and obviously with Clev getting hurt, or not Clev, sorry. Uh, have I been saying Clev this entire time, Jeff? I think I might have. What, who, who were you trying to say, Kluber? Yeah, I was trying to say Kluber, and I no, think I've been that's saying the, Kluber. That's the first time you said Clev. Pretty oh, okay. sure. Pretty sure. Oh, man, I don't know why I did that. But, yeah, I think, I think we'll be fine for the most part. Obviously, with this season, you kind of can – throw those little things like being suspended for obviously he would have been suspended for 60 games that's half or somewhat the half the season but i think it's fine i think we're all right and i think we can move on from that so yeah definitely just an interesting aspect there because i feel like you know at least how the media is and the fans uh the that those two combined factors kind of jumped the gun a little bit um when it comes to an organization and, you know, off-season moves. So it kind of almost seemed like the consensus was that Frankie was going to get moved last off-season, and it ended up being Kluber. So that was kind of like not – it wasn't that big of a shock um, if you've been following the team and, you know, how the Dolans operate in the sense where, you know, they feel like they could develop talent uh, in the minor leagues and, and things like that where they don't, they don't need one player to – to make everything work. But yeah, that's an interesting point about Justin Verlander. And it's kind of going to be probably the biggest negative of this season. Um, if you want to chop it up like that, but between it being 60 games and with everything going on, if, if players aren't a hundred percent, um, or even like nagging injuries, I could just see a lot of them like calling it a season. I mean, uh, especially, I mean, Verlander's in an interesting spot cause he's a little bit older, but especially like a younger, a younger kid, a younger player, like younger 20s, mid-20s, like if they they are not going to be playing this condensed season on, you know, something that's bugging them, if it would mean like jeopardizing, you know, the longevity of their career. So it's going to be a little bit disappointing with, you know, players maybe. That's kind of the beauty of baseball, though. I mean, if you get hurt, you could spend like – you could spend two or three months hurt and come back and still have a big impact for your team which is not necessarily the case in a lot of, you know, other sports, definitely not for the NFL. Um, the, the injuries are just different. And for baseball, you're playing every day. So, um, like you said, the 17 days and uh, 17 games in 17 days is 
is, is going to be interesting. Right. And even when, I mean, you're talking about when they, um, when someone gets injured and, you know, with Verlander, it happened so early on this season that if it had been a normal season, uh, he would have been fine maybe to, you know, who knows? They said they're going to reevaluate him in um, a couple weeks or a couple days or something like that. And so, you know, he could have potentially just missed half the season or missed three-fourths of the season. And if if the um, Astros had been able to, you know, maintain a playoff spot, he could come back for that. I mean, that would be huge. But like, I, like you said, you know, injuries – in this season are going to be huge and you know you want to try to keep your guys as fresh as possible which i think uh terry has done as best as he can so far in these uh three games yeah and i think you know the mlb they have expanded the playoff picture um i believe it's 20 teams so if you're the if you are one of the two best records in your division i'm pretty sure you're making the playoffs so i think that's kind of almost an extra incentive from the league for players not to like you know, I mean, they, the players, they could basically report injuries being, like, more severe than they actually are. I mean, that would be terrible, but it's definitely a possibility just to sit out for the season and, you know, basically wait till you know, a regular uh, season is upon us. But even moving past, you know, uh, the Cleveland Indians not having Corey Kluber, we also lost a pretty big fan favorite in Jason Kipnis. He's, uh, we, we're going to play him um, four times actually this year. I don't know if he's going to be in the field, but uh, he went to the Chicago Cubs. It was, you know, it's not like we traded him. I mean, we just we really didn't extend his contract. So that was a pretty long tenure um, player for the Indians. And, you know, that's kind of been a household name for the, you know, the past five plus, six plus seasons. Uh, you got your, you know, your Kipnisses and your Carlos Santanas who are still with us, but those are the first two big names that come to mind when I think about, you know, growing up as an Indians fan. How did you feel about that, Justin? Yeah, I mean, I was listening to it on the radio the other day about, you know, how we lost Kip and all that, and obviously he was a fan favorite, but the guys on the radio at um, 92.3, who's, you know, the one local news radio station that I listen to, uh, the guys were, you know, just going like, oh, you know, like at second base, you know, it's not really – you know, he wasn't he wasn't anything spectacular, but he was also just one of those guys that was good, kind of just like highly respected and highly uh, tenured with his team, uh, his time here in Cleveland. But obviously, uh, we moved on from him. And in these three games, you know, we uh, we played uh, Cesar Hernandez at second base, and he's done a good job. I mean, for the most part, uh, he's just kind of been doing his job, and that's all. You know, those guys on ninety two three were getting at. It's just like at second base. I think you're kind of just as long as you're serviceable and you're doing your job, that's all that matters. But obviously, you know, um, fan favorite with Kip and all that, it was kind of like a lot of your favorites, kind of hard to just watch him go and kind of just really just walk off and not have anything be gotten in return for him like we did with Kluber. Yeah, it was definitely, you know, that was one of the, I think I was more upset about that than, you know, trading for Kluber. Um, just to the fact that J- Jason Kipnis is one of those guys where, you're totally right. He uh, he never was anything, you know. He was never. Nobody will ever tell you that Jason Kipnis was one, like a top second baseman in the game. He he really wasn't, you know, the top two or three players at second base really ever in his career. But he played hard. He played good, old fashioned, you know, clean but hard baseball. I mean, they call it we call him the dirt bag. So it was it was tough to lose that aspect of you know seemingly Cleveland Indians culture. I mean, for me, it was a big part of Cleveland Indians culture seeing, you know, Jason Kipnis out there at second base. But, no, I I totally agree with you. I think Cesar Hernandez offensively will have better numbers than Kipnis. Um, I don't know Jason Kipnis' defensive metrics, um, like from last year off the top of my head, but I think Hernandez is an upgrade uh, just from a pure talent standpoint and for the fact that all four of our infielders are switch hitters, and that's actually the first time that there's been an all-switch hitting infield since the 1965 Dodgers. So I don't know. I'm sure that that kind of happened, you know, conveniently, but that's a pretty good design um, from from the front office. How do you feel about that much, like, having that many dynamic players? Well, I definitely think it's important to, you know, be versatile and be able to um, be able to have players that you can – put like plug in 
kind of like be plug-in pieces and all that and be able to um, you know do their job and be able to also change and adapt to what is asked of them and so I think that's a great thing to have and the one thing that I was kind of just wanting to touch on or obviously we're going to touch on it a lot more but we're kind of you know being talking about being serviceable and talking about having interchangeable pieces one guy that you know we we don't have that feeling with is Francisco Lindor you know he's an absolute stud star at um, shortstop and everything and so I kind of just wanted to I know I don't want to rush you Jeff or anything but I kind of wanted to get into talking about you know with letting guys like Kipnis go and Kluber go instead of like paying them the money and you know uh, trying to sign them to contracts what what do you think do you think the Dolans are you know trying to let the smaller pieces kind of go in order to save that money for Francisco Lindor to give him that contract or I don't know do you think that has anything to play into it Honestly, that's a great question because the more I don't I don't know, man. The more that that Lindor puts on, you know, the Cleveland jersey, and I mean, we're gonna get to it in, in game two. But already the the style of his play defensively this year, it's I mean, I could see it happening where the Dolans are, you know, kind of nickel and diming our smaller players in order to pay. Frankie, you know, the big bucks, but I could also see it where they're doing what they're doing now and they still, you know, let him walk. Um, the, one of the, the bigger questions, I think, I think a lot of people talk about it as the Dolans, which it's true. You know, the Dolans, they don't like paying people, but it's not like, it's not like we've been like terrible. We haven't really been like terrible in a while. And we've, you know, we've moved players up from the farm leagues. We've, we've, we've produced them to be above average talent and we work with what we got. So I think that at the end of the day, regardless of if he walks, I think that a lot of people don't really realize that maybe a little bit of, of it is on maybe a little, like the ball is in his court a little bit. Um, you can't, you can't ask for the, he's the best shortstop in the game. hundred percent, hundred percent. You can't ask him to take a pay cut, but would he would he at least think about it? You know, I mean, he says he loves the city. All big superstars say that. Like, he doesn't really have – I mean, even LeBron, you know, LeBron born and raised here. So that didn't stop him. So, But I think – I know I think he, he loves the fans and he loves playing. You know, I, I think he loves the city of Cleveland. I would, I would hope he does. So I think it's a little bit of a question is would he maybe take a pay cut? Yeah, I – it's just hard to think about, you know, when you look at guys who have signed for, I mean, humongous contracts and, yep. you know, he absolutely deserves the contracts. And we're talking about, you know, he's on defense. He's been spectacular. Um, even for the three games that we played, you know, in that second game, he had an amazing pick um, from like almost all the way from like behind third to the first. Mm -hmm. And, Absolutely. With a mask on. With a mask on, so. But, you know, it's just hard to try to rationalize, like, all right, you should take a pay cut because for X amount of reasons. And obviously, if he if he's more interested in the money than he is in winning uh, games, then he'll take the money. But I think if he's interested in winning a championship and winning a World Series, I think, I think my biggest thing would be the question of is you know is Terry Francona trying to push that like mentality onto all the players and you know if that's paying off you know will they will guys like Francisco who you know is expecting a big pay payday will he take less money for that and even a player like Jose who's you know when his time's coming up I mean I'm sure we'll have to pay him a boatload of money he's the only player that I could see being right behind uh Francisco for how much money we'd have to pay someone and him being like the biggest so I really wonder if you know if Terry being the coach and kind of you know being the person that instills the mentality of this team is trying to drive home listen we have we have players we have pieces we can do this thing you know regardless of what happens with this season even in a regular normal season of MLB we could make this push we can make that championships uh push again like we did in 2016 and so 
I don't know. For for Francisco to take a pay cut, I think, you know, it's going to be more of a mentality thing and just, you know, money. So we'll see. Yeah, it's definitely – I think that's, you know, that's that's probably my biggest issue with MLB just because there's no – I mean, asking someone to take a pay cut in, in – at least in like the NFL, it's almost understandable. Like you see guys do it. You see – you saw Brady do it his whole career in New England basically. But – the no salary cap, like a lot of sports, especially like the NBA and the NFL, these players get these big contracts. But the te- like you said, the teams they're going to go to losing teams just because you know they pay these big superstars and don't have any money to pay anybody else. But I mean, the the Yankees could easily foot Lindor, you know, whatever four hundred four hundred plus mil. Right. Um, the Angels, you know, any LA team, the Dodgers. And he's pro- he's going to just as good, maybe a better team than the Indians. Not necessarily a better organization, which I really like your Terry Francona point because I feel like managers in baseball really do make a huge difference. And if Tito's sitting there saying like, "I'm going to get you to the World Series again, kid," you were you were one win away in 2016. Like you saw it, you saw it right there in this uniform. Uh, one of the better coaches in the game. Um, I think that that could be, you know, a big a big factor. There's just a lot of pieces there, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, variance that could happen with that whole exchange. Yeah, and something that I think would be interesting to just, like, float as a question is, you know, um, for the first time in the entirety that I've been paying attention to the NFL, we've, we've finally gotten our first MLB-type contract with yep. Patrick Mahomes, which I think is just – absolutely nutso i've never i would have never expected a team to you know go full all all in on a 10-year contract for any player i mean for as long as brady drew Brees, aaron Rodgers, all these guys have been in the league that you could think of that you could name of none of them have gotten a contract like patrick mahomes and obviously you know he won a mvp won a super bowl in his first two years of being a starter, which is a humongous deal, absolutely. But um, in maybe next year you can make the argument, or not next year, but maybe like two years or three years from now when um, maybe Lamar, Lamar Jackson. The only reason I say Lamar is because he's kind of on the same path as Patrick. As right. If his team wins a Super Bowl next year, they will have literally had like the same career in like their first three years. And so... Maybe this starts to become that thing where you know if they prove to them, prove to their franchise and prove to their coaches that oh like, you know we won at such a young age and we're gonna be here for a while like we're gonna be dominant for a while. Let's take that chance on a big contract and you know keep them here for a decade. Whereas in baseball, I think it's more more often you see that kind of contract. I'm wondering if with Francisco, if you know the Dolans will try to take a different approach and offer him a shorter term contract with more money. I don't know what the the workings of that would be and I don't know Jeff if you've like if that's an idea, but what are your thoughts on that? I've been sitting here this whole time we've been talking about this and I've been thinking literally the exact same thing because at least from when I started getting into, you know, because sports there's Professional sports, I mean, you got, like, the front, you got the top layer that's like, oh, we just watch the guys play. And that's how a lot of people, like, get into it. Um, They just watch games, you know, they tune in, you know, every night, every Sunday, uh, whenever. And they watch, you know, their favorite sports teams play, their favorite players. But really, once you really start getting into the actual, like, business side and, you know, cap space, people's salaries, that's when it gets really interesting for me. And since I've been like a, a serious, you know, fan of not only the sports but the business aspect, I've always, I've always hated the the ten the ten year contracts. Have always hated them. Don't think they're worth it. Don't think that you know there's a great percentage, especially for football. I don't think there's a great percentage of it panning out in the organization's favor, just with how you know sporadic players can be in a sport like football, but. I would, I would love, I would love for Frankie to never. I would love for him to retire here. I would love to never see him in another, you know, team's jersey. I wouldn't blame him if we, if we're not going to pay him. I wouldn't blame him for leaving. But I would be so sick if I, if he, if 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 I saw him like opening day 
whenever, 2022, 20, whatever, next year or two years from now, if I saw him in a Yankees jersey, I would be so sick. That would be disgusting. I'd want to throw up. I just feel like, you know, in baseball, it's so – I mean, who's the last player that you can really remember is – and this is for me because, you know, I barely pay attention to baseball, but the only player I know of that has, like, retired with the team that he's been with, and I shouldn't even – say because I think Derek Jeter he didn't even spend his whole career with the Yankees didn't he didn't he start off somewhere different and then get like I don't know get offered like that huge contract to go to New York I think Derek Jeter is lifetime Yankee I think you're thinking Alex Rodriguez oh but okay yeah, that's yeah, yeah. probably I mean that's probably that's a good point to bring up though because that's probably one of the better long deals that's that has worked out for a team but he was on steroids so right right but, I mean, just, like, having a lifer on your team is so, I feel like it's not that prevalent in the MLB. And I don't know, um, at least for how star-studded um, a player like Francisco Lindor is, I don't think it happens too often. I think, like, the only player I could think of right now that could end up being like that is uh, Judge. And that's because he's already on the Yankees. Right, yeah. So, like, the Yankees are going to throw all the money at him whenever he wants it. And so, yeah, I just, it's, I would, I'd be upset. I'd be very upset if, you know, two years from now we have to, we have to look and and that shortstop is someone, someone that's not wearing 12, so. Yeah, that's, I like that, though. That's, I mean, there's a lot to talk about Frankie Lindor. That's, it's not really, you know, I did want to dive into it on this episode, um, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's not really anything anybody can control. The Dolans are gonna, the Dolans are gonna Dolan, I guess, right. if you wanna, if you wanna use that um, um, phrase. But moving along, I mean, I think this is another thing. Me and you were talking about. We talk a lot. We talk during the week. You know, we don't. We do this. This is a. This is fun for us. So we talk. You know, about topics all the time. But oh, yeah. we have a lot of outfielders this year. How yeah. many outfielders do we have? Yeah, I mean, we, it's insane, the rotation. And like I said when we were talking earlier, there's only – we've played three games, but we've only had, I believe, five players – or six players play five game or, sorry, six players play the three games. And obviously that's been uh, Jose, it's been Cesar, Bradley Zimmer, uh, Francisco, Fernio Reyes, and uh, Carlos Santana. But then, you know, we have what Tito's been doing has been – as just like the pitchers, he's been swapping guys in and out to keep people fresh. You know, Perez has only played two games, so we've gotten uh, Leon into play a game at catcher. But like you said, we have a ton of outfielders. And even, you know, we were talking about Daniel Johnson, who uh, before the season and when we were talking, he wasn't even one of these guys that was on my radar. I didn't even think he was going to uh, – play or do anything i thought uh delino dave shields was gonna play and i think like you said he is on uh injury reserve right now but yeah we've we've been doing a pretty good job with switching uh fielders in and out so i don't know i think it's i think it's a good thing and i think it's a good tactic yeah i mean it's just going back to even you know the opening topic with the with the schedule because usually i mean you play a series and then sometimes you might get an off day like, we played three games against Kansas City. Sometimes you'd get an off day, and then, you know, uh, say Tuesday night would be the start of the White Sox series. Tomorrow night, the White Sox are in town. Tito's got to – he's got to figure out as soon as the the third out in the ninth inning happens, you know, in, in one game, he's got to start thinking about the next game. And he's – He's. I think he's kind of you know playing just a, a little feeler game. I think. I mean, I have not really been keeping up with the rest of the league like I usually do. Um, I'm a pretty big baseball nerd. I know a lot of players on a lot of teams, but um, just for, with it being the weekend, I kind of was just focusing on the Indians only. But I think a lot of managers are doing that. They're kind of you know feeling out rosters and, and lineups. But I think it's going to be interesting because we scored nine runs today. Right. Granted, it was against you know largely a bullpen committee from the Royals, but I'm curious to see what the lineup is tomorrow because I think if it's if if it's my experience watching Terry Francona coach, he's going to find a lineup that's going to hit and score runs, and he's just going to keep playing them. At least that's what I would do because, you know, shuffling these guys in and out is, is good and okay, you know, for the first, 
you know, week or so of play, but we got to get people at bats every day and get them in there comfortable and make sure that they have an output. Yeah, it's kind of just like building chemistry with like a team. Like, um, if you want to like compare it to the Browns with Baker Mayfield and Odell, and you know all these guys that's on such a star-studded offense, trying to get on the same page, you gotta you gotta play together, and you gotta be able to um, kind of get in there together and be able to you know feel each other out and kind of um, know how one another plays, and then for the I mean, that's for the defensive aspect. Um, obviously, like you said, the offensive aspect of, you know, getting um, a batting order in place and kind of um, getting these guys as many at-bats as possible to get comfortable is important. But I also, I do think that being able to, you know, switch guys out in and out and get others rest and all that is a is a good thing. But obviously, I don't know as much as you do, so... If, if you're saying that, you know, it would be better to get in a rhythm and just have, like, a, a consistent lineup uh, for these for these next 14 games, then... And you know what? Maybe he's maybe he's going to do it for these... For the first 17 games, he's going to keep doing... Uh, right. Tito's going to keep switching guys in and out until, you know, he finds... He puts all the statistics together and finds what works best. And uh, maybe he's even going to wait for some guys to, you know... Um, like I said, Delino to Shields to like get healthy and see mm-hmm. how he does and all that. So, yeah, I mean, I hate to I hate to have any negative thoughts toward Terry Francona because he's. I mean, the Indians had the most wins in the American League since 2013. Um, you know, when he took over, and he's an easy first ballot Hall of Fame coach. He's easily one of the best ma- major league managers, you know, to ever to ever grace. Uh, Major League Baseball, but I think that in this type of schedule, the 60 games really quick, just back to back to back to back. Um, I think that maybe Terry playing, he's a big matchups guy. So, I mean, he hated when they introduced the new rule about how relief pitchers, you know, the new relief pitcher rule, you can't just bring a guy in for one batter, um, especially like the start of the inning. And, I mean, he loves playing like pitching to hitting matchups, but I think there's going to have to be a time where he kind of puts that aside and just rolls with one lineup. I mean, it's it's pretty apparent that our infield, barring injury, is going to be the same all year long. Carlos, Cesar, Frankie, and Jose, they should, unless we have like a big lead or a playoff spot locked up, they're going to be playing straight through, potentially 60 straight games. Our outfield is the complete opposite. Uh, I don't really even know who's going to be out there sometimes. Um, he started Luplo, the season opener, because the Royals were throwing a lefty. He loves doing that. I mean, he's a numbers guy, and the stats definitely do not lie in baseball. The advanced metrics in baseball are w- way better than a lot of other sports just because there's so much data you could take, um, just because of so much variance in the game. You know, 0-1 pitches, 1-1 pitches, 1-2 pitches so on and so forth, you know, who has good batting averages against uh, this pitcher, you know, in the month of July, whatever it may be. But I think he's going to have to maybe put some of that to the side and just give people at-bats seven days of the week. Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting with the outfield to see. And I think it's just – I think maybe it'll be more of a matter of figuring out who's, you know, who's getting on base and who's uh, who's actually getting hits and – what everyone's batting averages for that outfield group to, you know, make a consistent lineup. But, you know, you were, you were hitting on um, Tito not liking uh, a new rule. I, I want to touch on this because I thought you, in my first time of watching baseball uh, or first time watching baseball, the first time watching this happen in baseball with this new rule of um, in extra innings, you get a man on second base. And obviously we lost that second game because in the 10th uh, they took advantage and bunted bunted our guy or bunted their guy into third and then hit a huge pop fly into the outfield and scored on a run in that and then obviously we went and couldn't replicate the same thing um, what, what are your thoughts on that Jeff did that that any sort of zero outs correct yes yeah okay okay I wasn't I wasn't watching but so that game I was kind of going to go through the games, but I like going right to the right to the extra innings because it's definitely the biggest talking point of this weekend. Um, 
I think that because we saw, you know, Mike Clevenger complaining about it on Twitter, um, that's going to be a fine for sure. But I think that people were for saying real? that, yeah, with, gonna, with the MLB, is that is that how it, yeah, it is? Probably. I mean, I don't know. He didn't like swear. He like kind of like he put the asterisk, right? But I think that's going to be a fine. Yeah, I would imagine it is. It's kind of like, I mean. I would assume it's under the same like subcategory of like talking. If you talk bad about like an ump's call, automatic fine. Usually that's that might be a post game like interview rule, but I'm pretty sure it extends to social media, especially if you're like verified. Yeah, I I mean that that has happened with. Um, yeah, we with, saw that with I think our Brownies. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, but. A lot of people were saying that, like, that benefits the away team, which I didn't really understand that argument. I kind of get, like, going up there and scoring first, and then you put pressure on the other team. But, like, having last at-bats is still, like, you could win the game with last at-bats. Like, I didn't really love that argument. And I think that if we would have won, it wouldn't be a storyline. Like, if you win off of it, like, like th- th- good. But if you lose off of it, it's kind of like, well, obviously it's not – there's nothing normal about this season, like – just, just I don't know. I don't even know why it had to happen. I mean, we only had like four or five hits in that game. We really didn't deserve to win that game anyway. Right. I I think, but that you know that was the game that Frankie had that pick and everything, which yeah. is a little bit upsetting. But um, even like even the announcers like before we ever got out of that inning, um, or out of that um out of the top, um, like the guys on the on the announcing team were just like, yeah, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like that you can get a guy on second with no outs and then bunt and then pop fly and then have a score. Obviously, um, I think I, I had to leave, so I didn't get to see our at-bats, but you said that we we also get a, a guy on second, right? Yes. So, I, yeah, like it's, you said. It's fair, but it is different. Yeah, I think it's just weird, and obviously Clev – wasn't happy with it because he got a loss out of it technically. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, hopefully we don't go into extra innings all that often. Is my only hope with that. I think I think it had to be something like that had to be implemented just because of you know the condensed schedule um, can't be. I mean, I, honestly, I, I understand what the complaints are about, especially if you're a fan like. Even I know there's not people at games, but if I was at, if I paid to go see a game and that's and it ended because they just put a guy out on second to start the inning, I would be pretty upset. I know that that's not a part of the equation, but just being like a person who likes watching baseball in person, I would get mad at that. But I think what people are, I don't think people are getting mad at the right things because I think it rewards. So in the first three games, our starters have what like third like thirty strikeouts. Bieber had fourteen, Clevenger had six, and Carrasco had ten today. So we're gonna be out of the three game sample size. We're a pretty good pitching team. I I I knew that if you like follow the team, you basically are gonna know we've had we've been a good pitching team since twenty sixteen. So that setup kind of makes it harder on the better pitching teams because that guy got on second, but it wasn't anybody's fault. So it pretty much rewards, like, it's more for action, and, you know, obviously you want to score to end the game. So it actually rewards the team that isn't the better pitching team. If they're the better hitting team, it rewards that team. Not saying that Kansas City is, but, I mean, and it's all, like, it's all kind of random because the guy on second base starting the inning made, like, the last out for your team. I mean, I know you could like pinch run and stuff, but I mean, if they just have a better hitter up with a guy on second than we do statistically, I could see where people are going to be upset. But I, I would rather have us lose, which this must might sound like a goofy take, but I would rather lose in one inning than play like six innings and use like two or three more pitchers and still lose, and then we're screwed for like the next series, and the White Sox come in like fresh. Yeah, I think. With the thought of trying to keep guys healthy and keep guys, um, you know, fresh and all that, it's important. But also, like, I was ups- I was just upset because you know, even the announcers with this Jake Cranch Cranchock who was uh, pitching that game and who was you know uh, finishing that inning in the second game, you know, they're like, this is going to count as a loss for him, and it's kind of just like disrespectful and. I- 
whether you know whether you know these guys feel that way, the players feel that way, or because like Clev, he was obviously upset with it, but you know, I think for baseball, for the MLB to try to get these guys through, through the season as healthy as possible is a is obviously a good thing. But for a fan, like you said, I I wasn't too happy with it, and so granted, I think our pitching's pretty good. I'm really glad to see that um, Cookie came back, Carlos came back. And, uh, you know, he got his 10 strikeouts, which was amazing after having leukemia and all that. And, you know, good stuff for him. But, yeah, I think just going forward, I would I would like to keep our team as healthy as possible. And if that means we got to take a loss instead of going into extra innings and, you know, getting guys to be, you know, tired and, you know, go into the next day and just not be able to hit at all or pitch at all, I think it's just better to take the loss as well. And I think this is kind of an underrated part of the whole season that I personally think the MLB messed up and I don't know how people would respond to it whether it be the players or the fans or like owners or or whatever I feel like it would have a lot of like backlash so they didn't even think about it but if I am Rob Manfred I'm at least maybe considering this these 60 games plus the playoffs the stats not counting for anybody at all like you said, like the loss last night to uh, to to James Karinchak, um, like that's complete nonsense. Um, and like anybody, like there's not going to be any record set this year, and that's what a lot of casual Major League Baseball fans don't understand. Especially the like the two the seasons too long. Those people that like that complain that you know that the MLB season's too long, they would never. I don't see them ever changing it solely because of statistics and records because a lot of like breaking a record in baseball a full season record is like that's like that's like famous stuff right there and like if someone say someone just hits out of their mind for 60 games and has like a 500 batting average that's not going to count that's not going to break any records they're not going to that's not going to be any record books anywhere it's only 60 games so i don't know why Manfred didn't just say, hey, none of these stats are counting to your career stats. I mean, it's only going to be 60 games plus, what, 20 in the playoffs? I mean, it's only eight. It's not even – it's a half a season if you win the World Series. That's actually such an interesting thing, Jeff. And I, I want to ask you before um, we move on, um, well, I want to ask you if we can move on to a question that we did in the first version of this podcast, which was, you know, the championships for this year for all sports in general – you know, should should they count? I mean, the way you were getting at with the whole um, st- stats and all that kind of being thrown out the window with uh, these players and in the MLB, it kind of sounds like for you, you're kind of thinking, oh, well, maybe it's not going to, you know, maybe a championship might not matter this year if, you know, if we were to win it or if anyone else wins it. So uh, do you want to move on to that conversation or for do you sure. want to hold that? So what are your thoughts then? I think it's interesting because the and in the first – the first um, you know session that we had doing these topics uh, along this similar line, we was it was because a lot of you know it was mostly NBA athletes on Twitter were talking about it um, that it would be like more impressive to win uh, a championship this in this year 2020 for if you're a major sports team, but I think that I think that it wouldn't be it definitely would be impressive. Don't get me wrong. The team that wins the World Series and the team that win the, wins the finals, like that's going to be between – it's more of like a mental grind almost at this point, especially for the NBA guys. I mean, they got their rest, but now it's like, oh, I got to come back. They got to live in the bubble, and then they got to like go play games. And, I mean, it's basically it's, – it's, it's their whole life until the finals, which it usually is anyway, but in the circumstances given, I think it's – it's going to be impressive, but a different kind of impressive. And I definitely think like people, a good majority of people are going to have asterisks next to the championship teams for this year. But I don't think that should take away from that, from the actual championship teams, like going down in the record books in any way. Yeah. I find it so hard to, to judge this honestly. Now, like, I mean, what you were saying, like makes perfect sense. Like a dude could go off for these 60 games in terms of hitting and have like an amazing batting average and if like if that counts like it's kind of that's a little bit bullshit i mean for these guys that you know because you can be hot for like we saw back with in that 2016 time when we went on that 22 game or i believe it was 22 game mm-hmm. win streak um 
we were doing so well offensively that it was pretty nuts. But, like, obviously that's not how it was the entire season. And a lot can change. But I don't know. In the NBA, and you know what I'm thinking of right now, how is the MLB handling where the players, like, go after the games? Do you know anything about that? I honestly have not heard, like, hyper-specific detail. I kind of think, which which I don't know, I I don't know why MLB, I mean, they're traveling, like, in between cities and stuff. Like, I don't know why the NBA had to go to the bubble. I guess it was just, you know, for, for, for added. I guess maybe because the NBA, like, if you're playing, like, tough defense and stuff, like, you're actually on people. Like, you're right, right up next to them, and everybody, like, there's, ch- there's points, like, in the game of basketball where like all 10 people on the quarter within like six feet of each other where the MLB is like really spaced out. But I kind of, I kind of like the MLB for doing that because they were talking about doing like having like some teams in Arizona and some teams in Florida, kind of like two separate bubbles. But I kind of almost like the players, like which they should be able to like police themselves and like have their own responsibilities. Cause if you get tested, if like, if you're, if you're messing around somewhere or, you know, being somewhere you're not supposed to be and, you know, not making sure you're going to be COVID-free. Like, they, they're they testing every day. You're just going to be out for 14 days. You're going to be costing your team, basically, and hurting the organization. So I guess they thought maybe the NBA players needed a little bit more supervision, I guess, even with what we've seen, people going to get, like, DoorDash and stuff outside of the bubble. But that's that's how I feel about it. It's so nuts that these people – I mean – Patrick Beverly is the one player that he's now going to be out for two um, seeding games in the M- in the NBA, and I I do wonder with the MLB like w- if like they have some sort of standard set or if like you know if it's like just internally that the organizations have set it for their players on how they police like their activities and how they go about doing things because I mean. The, the bubble, I don't know, it's like, it seems like such a weird thing, but um, J.C. Treader, um, the NFLPA um, leader and obviously center for the Browns, was talking about beforehand, like a while back, that, you know, COVID is a contact-related disease, and so you were right. I mean, baseball out of the three is the, you know, you have the least amount of contact with another right. player, and so... Obviously, that makes sense that they would have a little bit more, or a little, or a little more leniency with mm-hmm. what those players are allowed to do, and so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the the bubble ends up working out and how the MLB works out because I feel like depending on how that goes, the NFL might base their their version of it off of one of one or the other or maybe like combine them somehow but going back to the topic about you know the championship i said for baseball i thought that the championship would matter because you know they planned their season before they started playing it and so obviously everyone started off on equal ground whereas for the nba they kind of resumed the games they're resuming their shortened season and but everyone is in a different like spot and it's because of what they have already played so i feel like it's kind of unfair for those bottom tier teams that you know in the western conference i know that there's like three teams that are literally fighting for eighth seed right now and if they had played the 16 or 17 remaining games it would have made a big difference compared to just playing these eight games and so I don't know. For the NBA, we said in the first one that, like, you know, the only team that will probably have an asterisk next to it if they win it is the Lakers, and that's just because LeBron's there. Yep. But um, I don't know. I think – I just think for the NBA that it's going to be these these dudes rested up. And as long as they're not playing like the MLB, they're playing every day, you get a day in of icing and everything, and you're you'll be fine to go for the next day. It's not gonna. It'll be like you're playing in the regular season again. Um, I just think these dudes are gonna be so rested up and um, have been so rested up in the NBA that it's kind of like that thing that you were going on about about a batter could go off for these sixty games and just kind of go nuts. Like imagine LeBron is just gonna be going absolutely absurd just 
going up dunking on everyone and all that. But I don't know. Same thing with Giannis. I mean, that's all I think of Giannis is him just driving down the court and flipping, jumping over everyone with his long ass <laughs> arms. But I don't know. It'll be it'll be something to see. And then obviously the NFL this just this week reached a deal between the owners and the NFLPA that the season will happen and they came to agreement on terms for such uh, COVID testing and all that. So it'll be interesting. I think we'll have to wait a little bit because with the NFL, they're not playing. I think they're playing one preseason game. Not zero. <clears throat> no, they're not playing any. Yep. I thought I see. I saw I the that report. might have been in the agreement. Okay. I, I saw that in – Obviously, beforehand, it was two games. And then I thought that I saw that there was going to be zero. And then they started arguing within that agreement that there needed to be at least one. But, man, zero, that's so that's so hurtful for the Browns. Oh, and yeah. For any team that has a new coach. But I guess we're just going to have to deal with it there. I don't know. Yeah, I, I really like that point, though, because – that is really just the truth. I mean, the NBA was that season was suspended, so at least MLB. Uh, I think I think it's kind of fun for the MLB because you really could have a team that's really bad win it all, uh, like understandably. Like if they just like they don't even have that good a talent, but like those guys just clicked for like three months and they just you know they just come out and win it all basically out of nowhere. Um, I think the NBA. I don't know. I think the bubble's a good idea, but I I don't know about these eight games. I think they should have just went sh- – I think they sh- – uh, people would have been mad. A lot of people would have been upset. I think they should have went the 16 best records yes. in the league, played a couple exhibitions, played a couple scrimmages, just went right into the playoffs. Oh I don't God, yes. I don't like this playoff. I, like they're trying to like recreate like a playoff race. Like I don't really care about all that. This is this would have been the perfect time for them to take the chance to change their everyone and everyone everywhere has been like begging the NBA to change their playoff format because for as long as I can remember the Western Conference has always been the superior conference and like there there are teams that are at like the ninth tenth and eleventh seed in the Western Conference that would be like the sixth seventh right. and eighth and yep. so I don't know why they didn't take the chance to do something like just the best 16 teams instead of um, trying to have these seeding games and all this kind of, you know, indecision. The eight games, I don't know why did they choose to do eight games. Like, what does it matter? Yep. They're, right. the, I, the reason the MLB is playing 60 games is because if it snows and it starts raining, they're <laughs> not going to be able to play games. But yep. they're inside for the NBA. I don't understand why they did this and why – they went about having eight games. Why not just play the rest of their season or cut it to 16 games? I think I think teams might have had to play like 17 or 18 games left or whatever. Yep. I don't know. It's just – I think if they just done what you said, I think that would have been perfect. 16 teams, the 16 best teams at the end of when they stop play for uh, the season. Unfortunate. I mean, obviously teams like the Cavs, it wouldn't have mattered. Um, but – I think, you know, tough luck to those other teams that would have missed it and were on, like, the fringe. But this was this would have been the perfect time for them to just try a new format for the playoffs and try to get, like, an assessment for moving forward. And obviously, I think they're just kind of going to be stagnant. And obviously, I think the 1 through 16 also provides, like, awesome scenarios for uh, the championship game and the final, like... Um, the final two series of the NBA. Because if you put the Clippers on one side, the you say, let's say right. Milwaukee. Yeah, the bracket would be just better. Right. If Milwaukee and the Clippers are on the same side and, um, I don't know, the Lakers and who, probably some Western Conference, like the, no, not the Rockets. Um, like the Celtics almost. Celtics and Lakers on one side almost. Like a good Eastern Conference team with a good Western Conference team, vice versa. Right. I think it just, you know, it makes for more diverse competition and makes things a lot more interesting. I always thought, like, you know, um, people were like, oh, basketball has, like, the better championship um, 
um, format in the sense of like, oh, you get seven games. It's not just decided on one game. But like, all right, no one watches all the games in between that in terms of like the first two rounds or the first like, yeah, the first two rounds. You Maybe, maybe you watch the third round uh, for the conference finals, but besides that, it's kind of just like, oh, no one really cares. But in football, I think everyone watches like around the league um, even yep. if your team's not in there, you watch 100%. a playoff game, a wild card game, and all that because it's just one game and it's so much more interesting. I don't know. I think they could have they could have taken this as a chance to change things up and try new stuff, but I don't know. I think they swung hard and missed. So yeah, man, it's definitely weird. I I think that I just don't know. I know they're totally different, like, entities and organizations, and, you know, the NBA was starting back up and the MLB was starting, but I just think it's, like, there's such different formats. I mean, I'm sure a lot of it behind the scenes has to do with, like, you know, money and and revenue and the NBA having, you know, eight games. They get to push, like, Zion more and John Morant more. And but what I really don't understand on like the flip side with the MLB, I don't understand them expanding the playoffs. Why don't you just expand? Why didn't you just the playoffs are going to take longer now? Why don't why don't we just play like seventy or eighty games and just have the same playoffs compared to you know playing sixty games and now the playoffs are going to take a little bit longer because there's more teams in it. It's just weird. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, like as of right now, the NFL is the only out of the big three. Uh, national sports ga- uh, games, they're the only one who, besides the preseason, they're essentially keeping the same format to their regular right. season and their playoff format. So, obviously, hopefully nothing changes there because, God, I don't I don't really think there's anything that needs to be changed. I mean, there really doesn't. I just don't think that, and I don't think there would be anything that would help. I think there would only be things that would hurt the NFL, so... Um, obviously with the MLB and the NBA, you have much longer seasons and much longer, uh, playoffs for a reason. And so I think they could have taken their chances, both of those organizations, but at least with the NFL, you just got to keep it the same. And I hope it does. Yeah, that's, it's, it's a lot to talk about, but I think we're going to maybe, maybe wrap it up, hit our, hit our finishing topic, which I kind of just made up in my head. So I'm going to go to you. You go first because I want to hear what you have to say. Okay. Favorite favorite moment from watching the Indians this weekend and the player that you see that he needs to play good for the team to play good. Um, I'm going to start with the player probably. And, uh, you know, we talked at the top of the top of the podcast about our pitching and all that. Obviously with – um, not Clevenger, God, I keep saying Clevenger. With Kluber being gone, uh, you know, you need that person who's going to step up. I mean, Kluber, he won the Cy Young Award. So I'm going to go with Bieber, Shane Bieber, being the player that kind of needs to step up and be the most consistent player on our team in terms of pitching and just overall play. Um, I think he can be a Cy Young winner, and I think that it would be huge for us if he had that type of season, especially with everything that's going on and I think moving forward to know that you have that kind of pitcher that can you know kind of step into the shoes of Corey Kluber and kind of take over is a big thing um in terms of the play so far for these past three games I'm probably just gonna you know because we talked about the whole Francisco picking the dude off from third. I'm going to say that Robert Perez, you know, being able to pick, I think he's done it twice now. I think he did it in the first game and he did it in the second game. Uh, He picked a dude off trying to steal uh, second. And yeah, besides that, the only other thing that I think I could, you know, as of right now, only three games have happened. uh, The only other thing I could know is Jose hitting two homers today. So yeah. Yeah. Roberto's good behind there. I mean, he's, one of the better defensive catchers in the league. Obviously, Frankie's Frankie's play was nuts. Um, mine, it's not really it's not really a, a play. It was kind of just a moment for me. Uh, Friday, the opening day, 
Jose hit a double, and he's got that. He's got his long hair, and he it was like a stand-up double. And his helmet is always coming off his head, and he was rounding first base, and his helmet just flew off. And I was I was dying. I was like, wow, thank God, sports are back because I missed the little. You just miss the little things, especially with you know, especially with baseball, and and definitely you know with other sports as well. But I think for my the player I think that has to play really good this year in 60 games is probably uh, Brad Hand just because he's our closer. And if we're going to be in a lot of close games, he's going to have to come in. He's going to have to shut it down in the ninth. And he's going to have to basically, you know, seal up victories for us all year long. Hopefully he doesn't have to. Hopefully we're just, you know, we're just beating teams by a lot and we don't even need them. But, you know, these close games, he got to save opening day. Um, it would have been nice to see him get a save. Um, in the extra innings with the Texas shootout, but we weren't really in the position to do that with not being in the lead. So I think if he has a good year, um, I think we're going to have a, a good year. And I, I think hopefully with the expanded playoff picture, you know, we should get in there. Yeah, and I think I just want to, you know, since we both picked someone, uh, one of our pitchers, I just want to say I think on the offensive side, I think one player that needs to, you know, be the most – not the most consistent, but he he needs to be up there with his consistency in batting is Fernmil uh, Reyes. Right. I, you know, being the designated hitter, you gotta you gotta be able to be that one consistent player because as long as the the batting order you know keep, keeps on changing with whatever Tito's going with, you know you gotta have those solid. Obviously, Jose's gonna be in there and Francisco's gonna be in there, and obviously we talked about Francisco being in a slump. Um, he can do that because we know that he can turn it on at some point. But you, you do need those players in the middle there to be more of a consistent uh, at bat. And so I think he's the one guy that I'm going to say needs to, you know, pick it up this season. Yeah, you're you're 100 right. Um, you know what you're talking about. Don't sell yourself short. You got <laughs> you got. If you watch you you well, if we watch the season play out, we'll have. I'm glad we waited to do this because last week. The, the or two weeks ago when we did this, it was not as good as this one, no, for I sure. So. I think we uh definitely more comfortable, but I mean I think I think we gotta be back with the Browns next week. I don't think there's any way around it. I mean unless you have different plans, but maybe maybe hint people in on what's going on next week if you have any plans. Yeah, so I mean, next week is when everyone's supposed to or not everyone, but when rookies are supposed to uh, tune into training camp. But the one thing that I've been noticing that's been going on around, like, social media and everything is, um, and we did it with, you know, the AFC North with ranking, um, like, the, the position groups and just ranking the AFC North teams in general. I kind of wanted to, before we got into the season, do rankings on certain position groups. And so, and just, like, from every team and all that. So from, like, you know, we'll pick top 15 quarterbacks or top 15 wide receivers or top – 15 running backs and try to you know argue our reasoning for having them there and see what the differences are because i i personally don't know outside of you know the afc how jeff views um other quarterbacks and other wide receivers right. and other uh running backs and so i thought that would be an interesting thing to go into before the actual start of the season and so yeah i think that's what we're going to do for next week all right heard it here first I like I like when we got next week planned out. I like doing I like doing the the you know I like being in the moment, but you can't help but but look ahead. So if you got anything else, yeah, no, I mean I'm I'm pretty happy with um, what we did with waiting for the baseball one because obviously oh yeah um, for me it's a little bit harder for me to talk about stuff that I can't or that I don't see um, live action in baseball, and you know it's hard for me to uh, get into that. But with basketball picking up. Obviously, the Cavs aren't in it, so we can't really talk about too much there until the actual, like, start of play for them. But at least with, like, the Browns, it's more interesting to talk about the league in general and talk about um, stuff like that and kind of, like, you know, get your own, like, hot takes in terms of, like, who you guys hold at such a high standard and all that. So, but, yeah, that's yeah. it for me. That's all I got, so. Yeah, I really appreciate you letting me, you know take over the the baseball episodes you know usually usually i'm jeffrey sand the co-host but i could be the host once in a while not too often though i, I gotta let you do all the heavy lifting 
I like I liked it when you know that first recording. If as long as there wasn't any technical difficulties, you did a great job. And I mean, this one was even better. And I I mean, I really do appreciate you know taking the helm on the topics, preparing the topics, and also just you know taking the helm and leading the discussion and all that. So obviously we'll we'll do that more often, especially with you know maybe every other week we'll we'll do like a check in with the Indians and. Uh, see how the season's going until football comes up, and then maybe we'll start blending uh, topics together and see what we can do with that. So, but thank you so much for you know taking over and stepping up. So I appreciate, it. and obviously you did such a great job with it. Yeah, I, I appreciate you. You know, we appreciate we appreciate each other. So that's how that's how this works out good. And you know, just uh, just from us to the listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. And you know that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for us this weekend. Uh, on behalf of my co-host Justin Harold and Jeffrey Santa, and the Cleveland Pulse, we will be signing off. Peace. Bye-bye.